This sermon was recorded at Grace City Church's Sunday morning service. Thanks for engaging with us online, and we pray that this sermon greatly encourages your faith and walk with God. All right. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to be continuing our series on um, Fulfill that we've been doing the past few weeks. And I think you can have a lot of different reactions to this word fulfillment. You know, maybe it brings up some kind of negative things that, you know, you're not really feeling fulfilled in your life, your relationships, or maybe you feel a bit, you know, kind of ashamed because you're finding fulfillment in the wrong areas. But I hope just over the series these last couple of weeks that we've you've felt a bit more um, hope for it, some feelings of confidence and thankfulness when you hear this word fulfill. That's, you know, Jesus is the one who's fulfilled these prophecies that we've been speaking about, that he's the answer, all these, you know, we're pointing towards him, that he's the one who's come, that God has sent and that God is always faithful to fulfill the things that He said He will. So I'm speaking this week um, from the book of Hosea, which is probably a book that you're less familiar with. I mean, I don't probably can say that I haven't read all of the book of Hosea, even though it's very short. But it's, you know, it's not as flashy as you know, Jonah being eaten by a whale, I guess. <laughs> so I'll give you a bit of background to who Hosea was. He was about... Uh, 700 years before Jesus was born, and in this time of Israel, they had quite a difficult, you know, difficult, difficult time of life, I suppose. They were, had kind of walked away from God. They were worshiping idols and the gods of the Canaanites um, against, you know, God's commandments. And Hosea was a prophet who, you know, through the whole book of Hosea, he's telling the Israelites that they need to, you know, turn away from these idols. They need to come back to God. He's you know, telling them that, you know, if they, if they don't change the ways, if they don't leave these Canaanite gods and come back to the God of Israel, that God's going to hand them over to their enemies, to Assyria, that they'll be made slaves for them. But at the same time, he's also encouraging Israel that God's got this unending love for them that he's had since the very beginning. You know, he says, well, he says in, verse one, uh, in chapter 11, verse 1, he says, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. And he's trying to encourage Israel that even though they're not walking with God at the moment, that God's loved them despite this. He's loved them from the very beginning. So I'll give you just a little bit of context about, you know, kind of where Israel was at when Hosea was speaking this. So you may be familiar that the Bible often refers to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'll tell you a bit about who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were. So Abraham was kind of the paternal ancestor for all of the Israelites. It was from his descendants that the Israelites came. Isaac was Abraham's son, and Jacob was Abraham's grandson. And I won't go into the whole story of, you know, these three and the story of Jacob, but to kind of jump to the chase, jump to the chase. Jacob um, was a man who, at one point in his life, God's changed his name to Israel. He told him, this, this would be your name. And from then, that's kind of where well, the Israelites got their name. It was from, from Jacob's um, descendants. And so during, during Jacob's life, when he was, after he was called Israel, God spoke to one of his sons and told them that there was this famine coming. And, you know, through, through a whole range of events, uh, Jacob and his family, Israel and his family, were able to go into Egypt and, you know, have, you know, live throughout the famine that they were provided for, that they were um, cared for in, in Egypt instead of, you know, being lost in in, in the famine of their own land. And this was the sort of history that, that the Israelites knew. They knew that Jacob had gone to Egypt. He knew that 
you know, the nation had grown there and they eventually became the Israelites that Moses led out of Egypt. And that's the sort of thing that's, that they were thinking when Hosea says, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. They were thinking of Israel. They were thinking of the nation that God, you know, had in Egypt and then called them out into the promised land. That was the sort of context that they had at the time. But there's a lot more to this than, you know, just God bringing a nation out of Egypt. I mean, that's, you know, a miracle that God's done. It's, you know, a great example of his work of him providing for his people. But there's a lot more to that. And I don't think Hosea probably knew, you know, exactly what God was referring to. I mean, this was, you know, well before the time of Jesus. And this was, um, yeah, it was... (laughs) It was well before anybody really knew who Jesus was going to be. There were some other prophets who'd mentioned and kind of referred to, to Jesus coming, but Hosea was, was just speaking what God told him. He wasn't, um, you know, giving his own interpretation. He was sharing the word that God spoke through him. So if we jump forward um, a bit now to 700 years later, after Hosea, we get to when Jesus was born. And I'm sure you're familiar with the story. You might have even heard it a few times already at this time of year, that's Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and, you know, the wise men came looking for Jesus, and they asked, um, they went to Jerusalem first to King Herod, and they said to King Herod, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, and it rose, we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. Now, King Herod in Jerusalem probably wasn't very thrilled that these, you know, other guys have come looking for the king of the Jews, and he wasn't very happy about it. So Herod was quite upset and, you know, wasn't so thrilled about this idea of a new king of the Jews that they were looking for. So he's going to, you know, squash that before it got too, got too much of a problem, I suppose. So he, you know, consulted his people, whoever they might be. <laughs> and he found out that, the, you know, the other prophecies said that, you know, this king of the Jews would be born in Bethlehem. And then he asked the wise men who came to him when they saw the star to kind of get an idea of, you know, how old this child might be. And from that point, he, you know, put the pieces together and he sent his men out to kill the children in Bethlehem, all the boys who were of that age that would have been a similar age of Jesus. But, you know, this didn't stop God. This didn't stop his plan. He wasn't oblivious to, you know, what Herod was thinking. So he sent an angel to Joseph in a dream and he told him to take his family and go live in Egypt until Herod, because Herod was searching for Jesus to kill him. So Joseph got up, and they went, and they stayed in Egypt. And then in Matthew, it says, when Matthew's recounting the story of Jesus, he says, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet Hosea, out of Egypt I called my son. So after Herod died, then Jesus sent a, God sent another angel to Joseph and told him if Herod was dead, it's safe to go back, you can go back to Israel. So they went back, and they settled in Nazareth, fulfilling another prophecy um, that says Jesus would be called a Nazarene. So that's, that's the, the sort of story of Hosea, kind of what I'm going to be talking over this morning. And, you know, the last couple of weeks we've heard about some really amazing prophecies of, you know, who Jesus was and who he came to be and who he came to be for us. But this one, one short little verse kind of seems almost insignificant compared to those. You know, we've heard stories about Jesus would be a savior coming, born in Bethlehem. He would be a good shepherd to his people. Um, and then I was told to preach on Jesus moving house, which seems a little less significant. <laughs> but
But this one verse in Hosea's prophecy, it's almost said in passing, you know, he's telling Israel, you know, turn away from these idols that you're worshiping, come back to God, the God who's loved you from the very beginning. And he says, out of Israel, sorry, out of Egypt, I called my son. And it just shows that God is in control in every circumstance. It shows that he's the author of our salvation from the very beginning. There's nothing that's going to get in his way when God has his plan. We can't stop it. And this wasn't a plan that he came up, you know, spur of the moment when, you know, Herod, the wise men came to Herod and he said, oh, I'm going to get rid of these children in Bethlehem. You know, that'll, that'll save men. And God says, oh no, what do we do? Send him to Egypt. This wasn't a last ditch effort to save Jesus. But it was actually something that he came, that was, that he told us in, you know, in Hosea 700 years before. He said, out of Egypt, I'm calling my son. And yeah, that's just, just an example of how God is, in control of the things that he's doing, and that even when it doesn't look right, that God's leading us, that God's directing us, and that his plan will prevail. And even more than, you know, this verse in Hosea where he says, you know, Jesus will come out of Egypt, it says again in John 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and he was with God in the beginning. You know, talking about Jesus being with him, that this was again not just a plan that God had, you know, in the moment. It wasn't a plan that he had, you know, as, as things were rolling out, he kind of came up with something new and said, we'll do this and now we'll do this. But it was a plan that he had from before he created anything. He had a plan that Jesus would come, that Jesus would be, you know, born in Bethlehem, that he would go live in Egypt for however long it took Herod to die. The Bible doesn't tell us. That he would come back, he would settle in Nazareth, and then he would later establish his kingdom there. He would build the new kingdom and that he would die on the cross for our sins, giving us salvation and the opportunity to commune with God. Before we had a chance to, you know, even think a thought, before God had created anything, he had a plan to send his son to save us. He had a plan to send Jesus to Egypt to bring him back out. He had a plan to send him to the cross so that he could die for our sins. He made a way to rescue the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt when, you know, they rescued them from the famine and then the, you know, through several generations they became slaves in Egypt. God sent Moses to pull them out and, and bring them into the promised land. God had a plan for that. In the same way, God had a plan to send Jesus to escape Herod, to escape the persecution that Herod was bringing and to come back and establish his new kingdom. And this one small line in Hosea that he calls him out of Egypt it's just an example of sort of a figure of God calling us from our own sin and into his family, into the redemption paid for by Jesus. Uh, a, I found a quote from Matthew Henry that says, The calling of Christ out of Egypt was a figure of the calling of all that are his through him out of spiritual slavery. And God has in his hand, you know, the details of every bit of Jesus' life. He has in his hand every bit of the details of our life. He has the plan for each of you. He has the plan for where, you're go, where you'll go, where, you'll, where he'll lead you. And it's up to us to follow him. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, expect to just tell you something and then make it happen. But it's our job to follow him, to, to lead in what he's, give, what he's told us, because he will be faithful in that. So I just want to encourage you that's, you know, there's, God's leading you into these things. He's, you know, I don't know 
any, each of your stories. I don't know, you know, what God's spoken to you, you know, whether it's to you directly or through, through other people praying for you, but God's got a plan for your life, and I just want to, you know, maybe remind you of these things, you know, whatever they may be, that, you know, these words that God's spoken over you, they may seem a bit far off, they may seem a bit distant, you may have even forgotten them now until hopefully I'm reminding you that God's got a plan for your life, that these words that He's spoken to you, He will always be faithful for. You know, 700 years before Jesus was born, He said He would call Him out of Egypt. God didn't forget that, you know. The Israelites may have forgot, they may not even have made the connection, but God knew what His plan was. He knew He would send Jesus to Egypt and then call Him out again well before the Israelites even, even had the inkling of it. And there's this saying that you're, you may have heard is, let go and let God. And it's, I've never been much of a fan of it. I'm sure it came from good intentions, but, and there is, you know, a time when it's out of our control and we need to let God enact His will, but God doesn't call us to just be idle in that. You know, we don't need to let go and let God do everything, but we can work with Him. When God told Joseph to, that Herod was trying to kill Jesus and to take his family and go to Egypt, he didn't go back to bed and hope to wake up in Egypt the next morning. He didn't sit idly and, you know, well, see what happens, you know. Haven't heard anybody, you know, killing babies just yet, but we'll go when it comes. But he got up in the night. He fled from Herod. He fled to Egypt to, to be safe from, from Herod's persecution. And what God tells you he's going to do, he's going to be faithful to do. When God told Joseph to go to Egypt to, to rescue Jesus from Herod's um, men, God was faithful in that. He, he protected Jesus. And in the same way, he'll be faithful to the things that he's promised you. When God's told you, you know, you have the, the gift or he's leading you into the gift of preaching or evangelism or hospitality or leadership or, you know, worshiping, whatever it might be. God's faithful that he will do those things. But he doesn't call us to sit by and wait for it to happen. He calls us to, to step out in the faith, to step out in faith of what he wants to do. If God calls you, you know, to, to be a worship leader and, you know, you don't play any instruments, maybe, maybe try singing. I don't know. Step out. Ask Kate Miles. Say, you know, God's told me this. Let's, let's do it. You know, let's, let's, Let's do what God calls me. And this isn't something that we need to do conditionally, you know, when we can see the path forward, when we can see what God's doing, but it's actually something that He calls us to do despite our circumstances, despite what's happening around us in our life. When, when uh, Mary and Joseph, you know, were first told that Jesus was going to be born, that He was going to, you know, be the Savior of Israel, that... Um, yeah, that's, that he would save us. But then he was born, and almost immediately after that, Herod's trying to kill him. And then he tells them to flee to Egypt. And, he, <laughs> and Herod's coming to kill, you know, a bunch of children in, in, in Bethlehem. You know, this isn't a very happy situation that's going on. It's not a very ideal circumstance. It doesn't seem very promising, you know, when God says Jesus is going to save Israel, but then you take him out of Israel and, you know, someone's after his life. It's not a very easy thing to see past that, to see what God's plan is. But God has a plan, and he has a plan the same way for each of us. Even in the suffering of our life, when things don't, don't look good, when we can't see God working, when we can't see what he's trying to, trying to achieve, we can trust that the things that he told us he will do, he will do. 
He's always faithful in these things for us. He's always faithful to the words that he says. Even when it's grim, even when it's, when it's cloudy, even when you know, we can't see the way. A few verses later, Hosea says, And I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek, and I bent down to feed them. Israel didn't really respond to God's love, to respond to the words that Hosea was, was saying at this time. But I'm urging you that we have this opportunity to respond. He says, God's telling us in this verse in Hosea that he is leading us with kindness and love, that he's leading us with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a child to the cheek. I bent down to feed them. It's this intimacy that God's calling us into, that he's not just leading us blindly, hoping that we'll find our way through, but he's leading us in a sort of intimacy that we can grasp hold of him, that we can trust him fully and completely, even when we don't see the path, you know, if it's foggy, you can't see where you're walking in front of you. He's that hand you can hold on to and trust you to be guided through that fog. And the words that he's telling us, he's always faithful to. All these prophecies that we've been looking through in this series, it's prophecies that God said, you know, hundreds of years before, but were fulfilled in Jesus, that were fulfilled, you know, maybe not in the time that Israel thought they would be, maybe not in the time that even we thought they would be, but God fulfills his word. He's always faithful to the things that he says. This kind of intimacy that God's calling, in, calling us into is something that I think we all need to respond to. Sometimes you get kind of towards the end of a preach and, you know, they'll say, you know, if you want to respond, you know, let's do this. If you want to respond to this, but I'm cutting that out. So I think this is something we all need to respond to. This is all something that we can respond into the faithfulness of God, into the love of God, and coming closer to the intimacy that He has for us. So if this is you, you know, maybe this is a bit new for you. You don't know God in this way. You don't know um, who Jesus was and, and how He saved you. But I'm telling you that God has a plan for your life, that He's leading you into this. And whether you know it or not, He sent Jesus to die for your sins. And he wants that relationship with you. And if this is a relationship that you have, that you know God, you know what Jesus has done, then I just want to encourage you that, you know, the words that he's spoken over you, and even if, you know, nothing comes to mind, he's still got a plan for you, whether you've heard it or not, God's got a plan, and he's speaking it over you, and he will fulfill the words that he says. And I want to encourage you to step out in this, to step out in the things that he's calling you into, to step out into the into whatever it is that he's calling you. I hope it reminds you of the words that, you've, that have been spoken over you, that you can step into, step into what he has. I can't say it. I'll say it a few more times. <laughs> step into what God has for you. He's faithful. He will provide. Salvation isn't the end of our journey. It's not, you know, we're saved, we're in his family, that's it. But he's saved us to follow him continually, to follow him each step of the way, every day. Every day, he calls us to step forward in the faith, to step forward in the faith that he has for us, in the life that he has for us, in his faithfulness. I have this, um, this song that I ask them to sing. Um, it's called, I Give You My Heart. And it's a really often a bit of a slower, reflective song, but I want us to 
be more than just reflecting on what God has done, but I want us to really declare what He's done for us. That, you know, we're, we're coming to this point, you know, it's around Christmas, we're, you know, lots of family around, but I don't want us to lose sight of what God's done, to lose sight that this isn't a time of just, you know, eating together and being happy, but it's a time that we can enjoy what Jesus has done for us, that He's come, that He died on the cross, he was, God was faithful to the words that He said. And it's a time for us to come and, and recognize that God is always faithful to what He says He will do. So as we sing this song, I give you my heart, I want us just to really declare that we're giving God our heart, that we're following Him each and every step of the way, when it's easy, when it's hard, but that we're calling, He's calling us to follow Him, and He'll always be faithful to that. Thank you for listening to this sermon. To engage with Grace City Church further, please check out our website, gracecitychurch.net, where you can find links to our socials. Or come visit us in person. All are welcome. God bless.